You want to say hi to the podcast, folks? Hi. 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 Put this on. Do you hear him? Hi. Hi. Say hi. Hi. You can't hear if you don't have these on. Do you hear? It is way past your bedtime. (laughs) Are you You talking to that? Asleep. Tell about soccer. Can you you watch soccer? Can you tell us a joke? Do you know a joke? Uh, no. No. <laughs> Are you all done? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the 551 Podcast. I am Wes Burdine. I am joined by my friends Mark Fangmeyer, Rodrigo Sanchez Chavria, and Corey Shreppel. Hello, everyone. Uh, Hi. It is Hello. A, it's, a, it's a rare um, is it Saturday night. <laughs> I didn't know what night of the week it <laughs> yeah. was. Saturday night we're recording. Uh, we play, Minnesota United played on Thursday. We were going to record Friday night, and then uh, I was. we were doing curbside drag at the bar, and it was crazy busy, which was very awesome, but um, our little kitchen cannot handle crazy busy, and so it was... I was a little stressed out. It's it's hard to get that many fucking cheese curds out the door. Uh, and, you know, everyone is very cool and super patient. Uh, and they're just doing it, I think, just to have a lark, uh, have have a drag king come out. But we had this spotlight in the back of uh, one of my employees, Charlie's truck, pointed at the, at the bar and had some music. So anyway, I digress. Curbside drag was fun. Come out next Friday. But... Uh, we're here to talk about soccer. Um, specifically, I I don't want to get too far into it, but would you say the best win in uh, in Minnesota history in a long time? I can't think of too many. Dear others. God, I didn't know watching soccer could feel like that. <laughs> <laughs> it felt real good. It's a it's a top five for sure. Um, I agree, top five. I don't know best yet. I think I'd have to. We'd have to go. Are we are we talking MLS or like overall? I don't know. Can you t- tell me? Um, I can think of games that felt better because I was around people. Right, Minnesota beating the Cosmos for the first time in the last minute with Christian Ramirez goal that felt better um, because it was just yeah I was there I was amongst people uh, it, watching this stuff now sucks but at least we win in terms of the importance of the game and the level of decisiveness of the win to me this is probably the best win i can think of in a long time yeah like yeah. late late winners you're surrounded by people feel better but as far as like you said like the importance of this and what it means for the club and the fact that i mean i remember just going back i just went back and looked at like what we said in like the very beginning of the season of what we thought a successful season would be and this surpassed all of our expectations or it met all of our expectations for making it to the the conference finals. And so this is, yeah, it was fantastic and amazing. And, and, and the fact that we beat our nicest rival just so uh, definitively was just icing on the cake. And it's like, oh, is this, is, could this be something, you know? Yeah, and beating J.J. Jameson is always really... Just pleasing. He's really freshly mad. shorn. He's Jay just Jonah really, really mad that 
uh, Peter Parker can't get those photos. And, uh, <laughs> um, well, I, I don't, I don't want to jump into the game yet. I just wanted the intro with that. I, I think it's, it, it's a spectacular achievement. It was a fantastic game. Um, I really missed you all. Uh, um, it's great to see Aww. a lot of people. I'm, I'm talking to the audience here, not you, Mark. Um, it's great to see a lot of people come in. I get to see them before the game. You, Mark. To go. <laughs> Uh, I do miss you a little bit, Mark, but not as much as the other. The rest that was fucking Rodrigo. <laughs> oh, was Rodrigo? Then fuck you. Um, let's let's start with a little bit of tidbit news. Uh, first is DC United. Uh, DC United. Dark Clouds uh, auction is going on right now. It launched on Friday night. Go to mndarkclouds.com, uh, I think is the website, but go to their Twitter feed, et cetera. Go find the link. There are, there's um, Ramirez put up one of his uh, Dynamo jerseys. There's uh, an Eric Miller Nashville jersey. There's a um, guest uh, spot that Brian Hampf just finally got to use last two weeks, last week? I don't know. Um, uh, and thank you again, Brian, for coming on the show. Um and uh, and you can get a guest spot on this. You can get a karaoke party at Blackheart. You can. There's tons of things. Um, uh, uh, you're forgetting about the MNUFC bulge Christmas ornament. Probably the best. I don't know who's responsible for making that. I've I've been a little out of it, so I've not. I thought Zeller it. made that. I don't know. I, some he, Zeller does not have a 3D printer. Um, but but Zeller did a lot of great work. Um, David Zeller of the the Dave's I know did a lot of great work putting together getting a lot of those. Um, things for the auction. So, uh, and, and, you know, um, Fallon Moore um, hosted the show, uh, the, the end of the year party. Um, anyway, it was, it's good stuff. Go check that out. Go bid on it. It goes to the Sane Foundation and uh, it's just, we raise a lot of money every year and it's really great. Um, thanks all the dark clouds who, who helped make that happen. Um, the other things I wanted to say, big, other than th- winning three, nothing, Big news. Oh, I was going to wait. Big news in my world was Carl Craig signing as technical director and head coach of Ford Madison. This is something that I have dreamed about for years. Uh, when I learned that Peter Wilt was involved with Ford Madison, I texted him and was like, you need to hire Carl Craig. And he was like, uh-huh, yeah, yeah. Um, but they, out of the blue, uh, to me, announced it i heard from someone and f- and instantly freaked my shit out and started texting everyone i knew could to verify it and be like oh my god um but uh but this is big i i, I mean for for uh, a, a guy who's given a lot to minnesota soccer got kind of screwed by minnesota soccer and now he's getting back into it um and and being involved with the team that we you know uh i wish i was closer to but uh love quite a lot with the the Ford Madison. It's it's uh it's pretty cool. I don't know if anyone else is uh as excited. No one's excited as excited as I am. But. No, I did love their announcement though with the pink Pope smoke. Yes. That was pretty fantastic. Well and I don't think they knew that he was sainted at the bar. Um and so then then they like retweeted the photo of the saint and now they've like They've got this list of names for him: the Bishop of Breeze, which is their uh, their stadium, the um, the the Pink Pope, uh, all, all those things. Um, Carl has said that he um, is only he's told the, the the team that he's only wearing yellow on the sidelines, apparently because flamingos have yellow eyes and he's always watching. 
So <laughs> I don't maybe, know. does he just not like wearing pink? I mean, I feel he like he does maybe. like. I don't. You've never seen him dressed up. That dude wears bright paisley shirts and like he's a he's a dapper dude. So anyway. Uh, I'm super excited about it. I think Carl is a, is a great human being. Everyone who's worked with him uh, loves him. I know that Connor Tobin in, uh, in Madison um, just was really pushing hard, really was his advocate there. And and uh, people who've all, all played under him uh, love him. So it's going to be very cool. I'm I'm probably going to make two or three trips there this year just to, just to party with the gang because um, they're uh, he deserves a, a good break like this, and, and it's fun to see him be part of a team where he his ethos is perfect for them it's it's like uh it, it, it cares deeply about soccer but is also just funny as hell so anyway good luck carl you're not listening to this you don't give a shit um wait but, wait so so who's gonna coach the uh the 55-1 futsal team then that's the thing we have not gotten a um a, a transfer fee from madison they didn't even pay they didn't even speak to us so it's a big it's a big problem um, have you have you uh, talked to um, Issa Watch about how she has now ignored a very uh, a, a professional coach uh, halftime talk? Because Issa yeah, was not yeah. interested in his halftime talk. She was like, yeah, "I'm too no. good for this guy," or she no. couldn't understand what he was saying. No, she understood. She just uh, <laughs> she just I told her, and she was like, "Yeah," and mm-hmm. so typical. She's like, "No." Not impressed by that's Carl good. Gray. Good for you. Not impressed. Um, I uh, I put up a, uh, a, a an unfinished article I wrote on him years ago for the Patreon uh, folks in our Slack. For so if you're a Patreon person, you get to read it. He told me some amazingly personal stories, and I decided to not rework it for the public because it was just uh, it didn't feel right anymore. But um, anyway. A couple other bits of news. Utah Royals, uh, the NWSL team, are moving back to FC Kansas or to Kansas City. Um, they're not sure where they're going to play. Sporting do not want them to play there because um, they've already got their USL team playing in there as well. And they're trying to get um, US national team games. And, and I think they have a football team that plays there too, right? Uh, that could be. I did not see that. I don't know about that. But um, but they just don't want the, the pitch beaten up that much. You know, Um and uh, it's it's a bummer for uh, Utah fans. Um, it's good for the Kansas City fans to get it back, but you know they've got to do it right this time. Um, and then uh, you, just a little bit of news of uh, Greg Vanny leaving Toronto, and so that leaving the the four teams that don't have clubs right now are some of the biggest in the in the league with Atlanta, Toronto, LA Galaxy, DC United, and then um Brian Schmetzer has not re-signed yet at at Seattle. So you've got like I think people expect him to sign there, but people expected Greg Vanny to re-sign in Toronto. And so um you've got this kind of weird upheaval going on uh with the big clubs. And it sounds like Gabriel Heinze is um linked to Atlanta um Greg Vanny's likely going to go to LA Galaxy. Chris Armas is is the number one candidate for DC United. So that just leaves Toronto um, to figure out, you know, who who they're going to end up with. And Patrick Vieira is suddenly available. So anyway, crazy times in uh, in MLS head coaching. And didn't I see somewhere that like Adrian Heath is one of the longest tenured MLS coaches now? He's the fourth. Yeah, I think he would be uh, behind, definitely behind. Um, Peter Vermees and Brian Schmetzer, and I can't think of who else 
the other one would be, but they probably suck. Um, Pete, Peter's at like 12 years or something now, isn't he's, he? Yeah, he's been there forever. Yeah, um, doesn't matter. At least nine plus, yeah. All right, let's uh, let's take a break because we've got uh, we've got some uh, actual soccer to talk about. Back on the fifty five one podcast, I am Wes, and I'm here to talk about another. 3-0 win, three 3-0 wins in a row. Um, Minnesota United advancing to the semifinals. Um, I do not recognize a uh, the Western Con- Champion- Conference Championship as a final. It is only a semifinal to the MLS Cup. Um, I don't know if that makes me a truther. Um, but, uh, but here we are. We still won a quarterfinal against Sporting Kansas City, a team we've never beat in uh, sporting Kansas and, um, God damn, let's start with this. Um, I'll, we'll start with the bad stuff so we can get to the, to the uh, good stuff. Fif- first 15 minutes, we have three Twitter questions, um, coming in here, uh, that are basically the same thing. Um, so I'll ask this at Looney shark says, um, what is happening in the first 15 to 25 minutes that, um, Minnesota is so incredibly fragile in the defense. Is there a fix beyond play better sooner? Um, people want to know, Nate Pence wants to know, is it center backs haven't played a ton of time together? Um, and then Ian McClellan wants to know if, uh, you know, it just basically says like, what needs to change? Cause Seattle's going to kick our ass if, if, if that happens. So what, what is going on in those, uh, first shitty 15 minutes, 20 minutes? I mean, I, I think it's a it's a number of things. I think we're we're trying to figure out their press and absorbing the pressure. Um, Rodrigo, you had mentioned that too. Um, I I think it's, I mean, it's kind of always been the 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 kind of persona that our that Minnesota United has had, where they've always either shipped a ton of goals in the first part of the first half, or they've just absorbed all the pressure. Um, this season specifically, I think that with as much rotation as we've had in the midfield and some formation changes, um, I don't think people have had, I don't think some of the players have had the familiarity with their midfield partner, whether it's Gregoosh and Dotson, Gregoosh and Hayes, Hayes and Dotson, Ozzy Gregoosh. Um, I think it that that is a huge part of it, and that's one of the reasons that I think we see us... Um, getting into sticky situations um, in the back line um, where, you know, Dane St. Clair has to come up with some big saves. So I think the midfield stuff is a part of it. Um, And then, you know, Rodrigo, you mentioned a lot about, you know, absorbing pressure and just kind of figuring out what their attack is going to look like. Yeah. And I think too, like at our essence, we are a counterattacking team until we kind of get a feel for the game and figure out how we can, turn that counterattack into more of a possession game. And that's exactly what happened against Sporting KC is that, you know, we, as we're trying to figure out what we're trying to do, we're trying to relieve some pressure, counter, uh, you know, counterattack. And then eventually that counter just turned into possession. And I think that's kind of how we flow into a game. And I mean, ideally it would be nice if we could just start every match without having to feel the other team out. But I mean, if you look at 
it's just kind of how it happens. Like you, you can't just go full steam into something because all of a sudden it'll blow back on you. So, I mean, I think our thing is to kind of play it safe, hold back a little bit, counter, and then once you get a feel for the game, that's when you. But I, I don't think we're playing it safe, and I think that might be the big problem. <laughs> I think that's the question that that's what Heath needs to fix about. I think you're. I agree with you that there is some sort of like rhythm that they have to get into and that it that once they can finally fit that rhythm then then they can unlock everything um and that allows that part of that rhythm is allowing the opposition onto them the problem is that it's so helter skelter to get to that point i mean boxall kicks it off the, is it the second minute right when boxall kicks it off the line um dane has two fantastic saves in the first uh 15 minutes um it, it's way more then um then we kind of need to absorb uh right. you know we shouldn't yeah. be in that and it's been the last three games right it's it, we have to say it must be somehow related to playing with this false nine because um it's been the three games with the false nine we've had the exact same problem and you can you bet your sweet bippy that uh um uh Seattle are going to like be watching that and be like, well, let's just go score three goals in the first 15 minutes. Right. Um, it also has to, has to do with the fact that if you look at our defense, it's it's never been consistent, right? The last time we had a center back pairing uh, was was Boxel and Aha, right? When it was somewhat consistent, and they asked who's starting. You look at you look at our goalkeeper, Tyler Miller is no longer playing. We have Dane in there. You look at the fact that we putting Debassi in a situation where we he has to get used to a system. And our rotation on left back and right back has has been a rotation aspect of it. It's never been like consistent, and, and not everyone will have the time. But at the same time, pretty much the whole time. At the same time, it's just it's just it's just that I, I, we need to be able to figure out how to absorb the pressure, but also press. And I think one of the things that we we have only seen so many do is like Lude will press. Molino, I have no idea. I've yet to see that he does that from time to time. Reynoso will, will press, specifically if he gets the ball around. Finley will press, but finding those quick outlets after you, you're able to succumb to pressure is what you need to do. Um, I think I, I think it really comes down to, for, for me, um, sure, there's been some rotation in some spots and center backs, but um, really it comes down to we are not good at defending from the front. We have a extremely fluid front. We're going to totally... Uh, get ecstatic, uh, religious ecstatic uh, in a little few minutes about the front four. But the problem of having a front four that's very fluid is the positions are switching a lot and who you're pressing and where you're pressing and how you're doing. It's it's tougher because you've given up possession and you're in a weird position uh, and, and you have to adjust to that. So I think that that's one of the things that... Um, uh, my hope for Heath is that he go, he goes out there and he says for the first first fifteen minutes, do not do that fluid shit. Do the do the thing where you are pressing here. You, they're coming onto you. You get it, and the ball goes to Ozzy. Um, I was hoping that Ozzy would help fix this when we talked about it last week and what this what this game might look like. Ozzy's going to come back and then ho- hopefully he'll he'll be the kind of pivot that the ball goes to, and then he spreads it and. Didn't quite happen that way, but my hope is survive the first 15 minutes and then slowly loosen yourself up. And I think one thing, too, is going back to what Corey said about the like the heavy rotation in our central midfield. 
is that um, once uh, what the common denominator for all the teams that have had a really successful time in the first 10, 15 minutes against us is that been that they have pressed us very hard. And it's taken us a while to figure out with our rotating cast as central midfielder, how to like one touch and get around and get out of that press to relieve some of that pressure. And again, it seems like we're just getting into a, getting into a flow. Cause like you saw that, like eventually, like once we start, we're able to break their press, like what uh, Grey Goosh and what Ozzy were doing with like just one touch, quick touch, going back and forth to be able to break the press. That's when we kind of settled into the game and started to counter and then started to play more of a possession style game against them. And we can't trust the rhythm method is what I'm saying. Exactly. We're, I mean, it sounds like we're doing the Catholic birth control thing. We're going to get pregnant soon, (laughs) but we're going to get pregnant eventually. I mean, it works for, it it works for, it works if you're really, really good with it, but you're you're checking, you're you're, you're checking the viscosity of our midfield is what you're. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, It's a, it's a, a, don't, we're we're done moving on. Prophylactic in the midfield. Let's, let's move it. All right. (laughs) So um, we 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 skipped the um, the the cocaine jokes and went right to the (laughs) the rhythm method. Okay, the the question here is then. Well, I guess this this is maybe a later question, but let's do it now. Is this? Do we still believe that this lineup doing this false nine thing um, is the best option we have out there? Is that the best eleven we did? Would you you throw it back out there for Seattle? I, yeah, I would absolutely throw this back out there with Seattle. Um, you know, uh, Brian Schmetzger has said that one of the things that's difficult about the way that we're playing right now, and I think we're we're peaking at a good time, um, is the fluidity, and because it's hard to def- harder to defend against a false nine, um, especially with someone like Robin Lud. Um, I think this is one of the things we've talked about earlier on when we brought in Reynoso was how do you get Reynoso, Molino, uh, Finley, and Lud all on the pitch at the same time? And it just happened that none of our strikers or um, target guys at the top of the box were working. And, you know, credit to Heath. He was like, well, let's put Robin Lud up there and just see what happens. And I think... From that standpoint, it's working out. Midfield-wise, it's Jan Gregush and Ozzy Alonso. If Ozzy's healthy, it seems like we reserved his minutes that hopefully we would get this far and he would be able to be our captain in a conference final, um, especially against his old team. That old dude will be riding high on so much much adrenaline going back to Seattle. You would have to like break his knees like Tanya Harden And even if they do break his knees mid-game, he's still finishing out that game. It's just a flesh wound, and he's totally going to come out. But but the the thing that I want to get to is I think what we're seeing with our back line, they they had a a good game against – Kansas City, um, aside from a couple of scaries there, but I think Debasi Boxel is could be a, a really, really, really good pairing. I have yet to see Debasi looked look too out of place or um, making a bunch of bad decisions. Um, he seems pretty calm on the ball. His distribution is good. Um, 
I, I think that's a nice pairing. I think he works well with Boxel if Boxel wants to get forward a little bit. Um, Metinair on the right, we he's looked a little gassed this season, but I think he's starting to, he looks okay. Um, and he, Gasper, look, and he looks is, better is, now that there's a little bit less pressure on him to perform offensively, that he yeah. can focus on his defense now and he's looking better defensively. Yep. And then, and, and getting to chase, I mean, we don't have a ton of options for, for left back other than Debassi, but I would rather the back line that we have with that, yeah. um, with Debassi as a center back rather than aha there and moving Debassi over to, to, to left back. Um, yeah, I think this is our best starting 11 and you've got some great options for the midfield off the bench. And um, I think now, you know, you've got a couple of hold up guys who could come in to relieve one of the four up front and um yeah i think this is the 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 best starting 11 we've had in a long time one thing we didn't mention because we jumped right into the game is the spectacular lead up to the underdog the uh, uh challenge uh, that was going on between adrian heath and peter vermees where peter vermees was like no we're the underdogs and and adrian was like wait 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 no no you're th- you're favorited. So I, what I loved is that Peter Vermees tricked Adrian Heath or Adrian Heath did this on purpose into giving Adrian Heath his own uh, locker room material where Adrian Heath then came out and said, no, they're favorites. They're going to win. And uh, even Adrian Heath didn't believe in this team. So now I was hoping that Adrian Heath in the press conference after the game was going to call out Adrian Heath for not believing in himself. But, uh, but he, he didn't, he, I, I just, I love this team. And then Boxall, his quotes to the, to the press were like, he says some things. No one really yeah, pays yeah. attention. <laughs> it's okay. yeah. He yells the entire game. You take in what you need to take yeah. in. Right. Sometimes you ignore them. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I think also too, like coming into this game, like for me, it was the aspect of like, yes, we've never, we've never, beaten SKC, right? But the last time we played with Reynoso against SKC was he was he was on for like 10 minutes. Yeah. I think. And we were playing that weird um uh five three two or whatever with uh three five right. two yeah. with like yeah it was it was not at all right and, close and to we lost 11. that game without with uh one nothing right at the end and I think that's one of the yeah. things that, that makes it, game but yeah that what makes this interesting is like the way the season has been, we've been rotating, playing pretty much everyone who SKC has played, and SKC hasn't really fixed their defensive problems. And we and and this made it is ex- extremely clear that that's something that they need to do, because once um, once Reynoso figured out that he didn't have to right with an Ozzy and a Gregorius, he doesn't have to trek back past so much into into our defensive third. To get the ball, he can. He sees that you have Gregoosh and you have uh, Ozzy that are great passers that can get you the ball. So he just was just kind of finding a spot where he would be able to get the ball. And if he needed to relieve pressure, he'd do so. If he needed to pass that, um, he he he'd be able to do that. I think that's that that's key. But I also think that the craziness that 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 is great about this. Um, four horsemen, you know, attacking uh, mentality is that the fluidity, the aspect of it, right? The only one that's constant in this thing is Reynoso. I remember seeing points where like Ethan Finley was playing as a false nine and we overloaded the left, we overloaded the right and we were just looking to create 
all kinds of, of, of chaos, which was which is which is which leading into Seattle is going to be who is who is who's able to create more chaos than, than the other team. So getting into this game uh before I'm I'm just like I don't want to get to the goals yet because I, I they're just they're too good and I want to I want to leave you all want, wanting uh, us to get there. Um Dane St. Clair has had eight clean sheets in 15 matches. Um I swear to god at one point the ball went at the goal and bounced off of nothing and it was like a a like a deflector shield or something like that. I think it was just a trick of the camera, but I cannot be convinced. Um, he's, he's, he's doing some sort of weird magic and it, I, whatever satanic ritual he's doing, I'm in that cult. Yeah. I, his ability to just put a palm out and like, just, stop anything on the goal like he has like a magical palm that he just put on the goal line and somehow the ball makes its way straight to it and he can knock it down it's like and some magneto shit but like how he does but like with balls but yeah. yeah yeah it's a it's amazing and and also like his positioning has been really good like if you look at the um that the save they had off the goal line it was amazing it was like he you saw him like sh- like shut down the angle on the left side and then like just kind of rotate over and then just be in a position where he could stop that, uh, the header coming in and his position is really good. Like, I mean, all the talk that we, I mean, Dane Sinclair, like he's his, his, uh, like, I mean, even like the, um, the, when Johnny Russell, like the, the shots he saved yeah. from him in the very beginning as well. Like he's good at coming out one V one. Uh, his positioning is really good when he needs to be there. Like once the ball is like uh, you know tr- uh, past the opposite side of the box, I mean, this kid works on his uh, distribution. He is a you know top three MLS goalkeeper. Dane says it that way. Tell me why. Um, <laughs> oh man, yeah. Uh, so I'm I'm just I think that Dane. You know, we talked uh, like a couple episodes ago and things we've talked about. Is the question was, is Dane the main goalkeeper for next year, or is Tyler Miller? And like, I don't, I do not see how you could go into this offseason thinking anything other than Dane is your number one. Um, it's 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 Dane, and then Miller has to compete, or you trade Miller, and you have um, who was on the bench with it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you having having good depth. Is, is always nice, but you know, if Miller can get you something, then, um, then yeah, do something with it. Um, yeah, no, and I think it was, um, the extra time guys had a conversation about that. They're like, you know, Minnesota have found their starting goalkeeper going forward. Like once you do this well and you're this young, you don't lose your spot. And so good for them. And now they have a great asset that they can, you know, trade off and also be a you know top five a top 10 goalkeeper in MLS as well. Um, I want to get to the goals um, because uh, they're fucking good. Um, so let's start this. Um, the first goal came in the 27th minute. This was the way we kind of uh, came back into the game or came into the game for the first time. This was um, happened on the left wing. Chase goes to Molino. Um, 
Oh yeah, yeah. Then there was the Molino and Lud double dummy. Reynoso, Reynoso does the through ball to Molino. Um, man, sorry. Anytime I read names, I just like my dyslexia kicks in. Um, and it, this seemed to be like the simplest goal that we had. It was like a give and go. Molino kept running. Reynoso just passed. It wasn't. It didn't even have to be a great Molino pass. And it gets him in, and Molino, he, he's done that that angle uh, a million times this year. Not really, but quite a lot. Um, and it was kind of a simple goal, and it that was where you know where you're talking, Rodrigo, about uh, SKC and their defense. That was to me really bad SKC defending. Well, I mean, um, Doyle um, from Extra Time broke that that down. Perfectly in the aspect of it, we over overloaded the left side. Mm-hmm. We had the the lewd pass to the lewd, then the dummy by Molino, then Reynoso, that which draws in the center backs to try to commit or try to figure out who's going to step up. And in that split second, Molino continues with the run and, and finds the open space. And all and one of the most beautiful things about Reynoso is the accuracy of his passes. Like to someone who is running on, it's like literally, like he did, like Molino did not have to slow down to be able to catch up to the ball. It was perfectly in stride. And one of the things that frustrates me for Molino is the fact that he makes the easy goals look really hard and the hard yeah. goals yeah, yeah. really easy, right? <laughs> and so, like we've we've all seen how many times Molino has had an open net and somehow it hits the post, right? Or it's just a tap in and everything that, but. But today, this game was one of the games where he was mostly most accurate at all. So that was great. And that was a great breakdown of their defense. And specifically, the shifting of the ball and the shifting of people just makes the defenders have to not only be aware of where their mark is, but also where everyone else is, which yeah. brings up the well, second goal as well. That, that, that's your whole thing, like right? The, that you've been talking about for, for weeks on, on, on end, where it's take the ball, get it outside, bring it back inside, go back outside, bring it back inside create chaos, and then you get a goal. That's what we've been doing. Yeah, and another thing too is like one thing that uh, was beautiful in that goal that really kind of opened things up for Molino on that left side is that Finley was making a great run uh, towards the um, center of the box, towards the far goal post as well, where it was forcing uh, Kansas City's uh, defenders to kind of drift towards the center to cover that as well. And it, it just opened up everything. Like and And Finley was wide open too, so if you know, Molino didn't want to take that shot. He could have passed it to Finley for what ideally would be a tap in that would probably go wide because that's how things happen. Yeah, but but, uh, but no, but it didn't, and it was great. Take that shot. Yeah. L- let's talk about goal number two because this this is the this is the one, this is the money shot, ladies and gentlemen. We talked about the best goal of the year. This is the best goal of the year. This is uh, um, who who can give me the the best description of it? Because then I've got the these um. Uh, I want to talk about the the stills that I kind of uh, tweeted out right before we started recording. But who who wants to to give the play by play here? I will, motherfuckers. All right. So so this is um, Renos is coming in. Metnir comes central, um, or, or not not even central, but he, he just kind of um, underlaps his winger and. Um, and the stills that I tweeted out are fantastic because you've got um, at the top of the box, 
with the kind of two center backs marking them, you've got Robin Lud and Ethan Finley. So Ethan Finley's come in, Robin Lud's doing his false nine thing. Um, then you've got um, the next line running forward is Bebelo outright. Metnir has underlapped and he's central. And then uh, Molino is starting to come central and he's about lined up uh, um, with Robin Lud. Uh, Johnny Gregu sends it to Bebelo on the right. And that's when Finley... Um, and Metnir start to come out toward the wing, and Robin Lud has stayed out kind of in the, the left side of the center. So Finley, the, the space opens up where you had these two people kind of acting as strikers almost, or the two main uh, attackers, and that's when um, Kevin Molino comes into to the center, and Bebelo takes the ball, and he goes central, and all of a sudden you've pulled, you've opened up their, their defense there where now you've got a defender coming back um, or in front of Molino. Bebelo does this amazing pass that is like perfectly weighted. And then what, what do you say about Kevin Molino's goal of just like, what even is that? That's not a rhetorical. No, I think first you say he just swung that, his that body. Bebelo's pass is probably the before we said in our like season wrap up that um, uh, Corey Hayes his pass to Ethan Finley on that mm-hmm. one whatever like perfectly what was this surpasses the best pass of the year as well like oh, yeah. the the ability to curve it in and have it drop just far enough out where uh, uh, the goalkeeper can't come out and play it but also just drops perfectly formally you know, like it is a thing of beauty that pass just how perfect it was and then again yeah the Molino just somehow does like a Willie Mays over the shoulder, one touch in the air, straight to the far post. And like, I watched it over and over again. And it it was, it's, it's as good every time you watch it. it, It's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful goal, but like, there's a little bit of luck here for Kevin Molino, right? Like shut your face, Corey. Like, come on, shut your face. It's a, it's, it's beautiful. And I'm so, but like he wouldn't, he's the only one who would be able to pull something like that off. Right. Where he would actually have the, uh, kind of the balls to just go for it and be like, nah, I'm going to try this. I don't, I don't think you'd get that from a Robin Lud or an Ethan Finley or, or any of our other strikers. You, it's gotta be a Kevin, it's a pure Kevin Molino goal. And it's yeah, it's it's fantastic. It's a Willie Mays Hayes goal. The, is the, what thing, it is. the thing about it is, we're talking about the rhythm method. Like that is a goal that got like there's going to be some babies born on uh, what would it be the 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 third of do the math? Would that be uh, August? Is that nine months from now? There's going to be some babies born, immaculate conception from that shit. Um, I, I I'm freaked out. Um, watching it myself. Um, I don't know if we can even do it any more justice, but that came but o- I, only eight minutes after the other one. So, well, I, I think the interesting thing too is here is um, if you look at the stills that you just sent out, there's 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 channels, right? And we've seen this before with uh, Reynoso and um, Reynoso and uh, Molino is at the last game where like Reynoso was trying to make a turn, Reno Molino. Beckenbauer him a pass, and then Reynoso was going to do another turn, and he got fouled, but he Beckenbauer at the last time, and then Molino gets the ball running in the same channel and scores. It's similar in the aspect of, like, Reynoso goes wide, plays the ball to Metinier, then drops back 
to be able to fill into that space. And Metanier recognizes that. And also Metanier now understands that if we get Reynoso the ball, something's going to happen. That's your creator. And when that happens, the ball goes back. Everyone's looking at Reynoso. So everyone tries to move forward. Lude has, uh, has, does not move. So therefore, the defender doesn't move. So all, all Molino has to do is just get back to the touchline in a sense, right? Get back to the touchline in a sense. And then as, 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 as like you would do in a soccer drill where like you're running, touch the line and then run back out as fast as you can. That's, that's the way that, you, the, that that worked out. And it was beautiful. I mean, a perfectly weighted ball curving towards the, towards the far post. So all he has to do is turn around and try to touch the ball somehow. And then it makes it, you know, I mean, even... Even um, the goalkeeper didn't understand how that really worked out, right? No, God, I mean, you, God you, you know, you know what? You, you know what this re- reminded me of, of from a little bit from last season was when we were asking Kevin Molino to be our ten, to be our playmaker, where he would, when he was pairing up with Mason Toy and he was shooting those balls over the back line, float, you know, hitting those floaters for Mason Toy to, you know, grab and 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 score with and this is just like a next level version of that kind of stuff and i it's it's clear that it's this kind of communication is been happening with Molino and Reynoso what what is what is what, what what's the kitty the kid, doing the kitties the two kitties are one of them was mad that that she was not in here so she like scratched at the door so i let her in now they're now they're she's cleaning the sleeping one so mm. it's very adorable um, let's uh, briefly say that uh, Reynoso gets his third assist, his sixth assist in two fucking matches uh, with uh, a, a corner kick to um, uh, Debasi, who just smashes it home. And um, now, now the cat's scratching at my uh, behind me on the chair. You're just um, you're just like a regular Minnesota Matt Doyle. Yeah, yeah, just the baldy beardo, baldy beardo thing with, with cats. I mean, you just need to put some like uh, some ornaments in your beard, and you'll be That's all right. set. <laughs> I did enjoy getting drunk and texting him about uh, Reynoso. <laughs> um, so uh, three, three, nothing there, and then basically go out in the second half and just. I don't, well, no, I, even the third. We haven't talked about the third goal yet. Well, I just, I just gave the oh. brief of it. Um, uh, but like the second half was completely boring and in a, in a super satisfying way. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you get the, the comments from Peter Vermees with the, the coach uh, uh, comments during the game. And he's like, well, we just need to get a goal and then we can get a second one. And it's like, yeah, but you didn't it's like, you didn't have any didn't. chances. The, the, the thing, the thing that I want to mention that we haven't mentioned about Reynoso's uh, gentleman's hat trick he is the uh, OptiJack on Twitter, and I love I love this account for these like obscure stats. Not even that obscure. Um, Reynoso is the only MLS player to get three assists in multiple playoff games, and he did it in back to back matches. That's amazing. It's absurd. It's disgusting. Uh, and and I think that um, we've said this in almost every game. He's not had a bad game yet. Um, he acclimated right away and he is the best player I've ever watched um, play for a team that I, I, you know, play for my team. I am 
fucking bummed that I've not seen him play live. Um, but um, I don't want to say too much about this game uh, anymore because I want to kind of move on. We've got a lot of questions and a lot of other ways we're going to come back to the game. Um, I wanted to say this thing, and I know that if one of you said it, I would say, I would be like, uh-huh, you're a fucking idiot. So let me just preface that, that one of you can say that to me. I think it is bad if Minnesota United wins the cup this year. Part of that, I've got a few bullet points here. Hang on. Part of that is selfishness. I want to be amongst people when we win. Um, And I think that winning a cup when it's just you at home, I've done that before. I mean, the last time we won a cup the the first real year I was watching the team a lot. First year I was a season ticket holder, and I watched it on online at the Sweetwater with with a bunch of other people. But it just it rang hollow. It did not feel as good. Um, so there's that. The second thing part of it is uh, is related in that like if you win a cup, you only get this rarely. <laughs> You guys are already lighting me up in the comments. You are, you only get these things rarely and you don't get the same marketing hit of you want to build. Soccer is about building lifelong experiences that of memories. The real main part of this, and this is the, this is the thing of looking at the team. We are going into the off season where Kevin Molino is out of contract. Every single one of our strikers is out of contract. Um, we are in a, a tight spot with, a lot of things. If you win the cup, usually what happens is that the team gets somewhat dismantled because of all the contract bumps that now you've been kicked over the salary cap and now you have to get rid of players who you were still using to build the team. And if we win the cup, I think it's too early. Like when people talk about getting promoted too early when you're not, you haven't quite gotten ready. And uh, I think that can be a real problem where if we won the cup this year, we would be in a worse spot next year, weirdly, because we would have to jettison some players, right? We may not be able to bring Molino back or something. We might have to get rid of Gregush. Rodrigo would love that. So that that's one of my big worries. And maybe maybe it's not true, right? Like um, maybe the contracts are in a state that they would be able to do it. But almost every team, the GMs talk about after winning how it, how it, you have to you you can't rest on that because you've you've been your team has been messed up and you have to dismantle it in some ways. I remember that specifically with Toronto. So those are the three things. You're a fucking idiot. You're a fucking idiot. <laughs> I, we're, it's it's Minnesota <laughs> sports. <laughs> Two out of four. <laughs> wow, Corey, you suck. Corey, you, where are you, Corey, with this? We we've said. First of all, this is not the first time that Wes has said this. Uh, that he doesn't want to win the cup for selfish reasons. There is, <laughs> like, I mean, here's the thing. I think uh, we are in a great spot next year if we uh, lose in the final, lose in the semifinal. We have had a great year, superb. We can go fill three spots, and we can be a bona fide, really great team next year and and for a few years. That, and, that's, and, that, and that's how what, long and that's have what, you been following? 
Minnesota men's professional sports. I hate that. I How often that. do you think an opportunity comes along like this where you have an opportunity to win a championship? It doesn't, especially for a Midwestern team. Look at the success that Sporting KC has had. How often has that chance to win a championship come along? And they're one of the best Midwestern teams. Look at Chicago. Look They've at... Won Open you know, Cup Sporting... So I will say, yeah. I will say this. I would fucking love it if we win. I will. I'm not saying I want us to not win it. I'm saying I kind of don't want us to win it. No, I <laughs> like, mean, what you're saying is you just want to be selfish and you want I to be am, able to celebrate. That's I it. Am, yeah. Why? That's, that's it. What? Of course. But but here's the here's the thing. Here's the thing. I think. What what else I, would I want? Th- th- there is we that's we don't know we we don't know any World of the peace. contract details about like what what would a Molino get need to get. Um, if we did win the cup, you know, what's his, what's his, um, what's his bump going to be? What are the contractual obligations there for uh Bellino for a gray goosh? Um, I don't think that I, I think I, I'm, I'm of two minds. One. Yeah. It would be a bit of a bummer to get to win the cup and have none of us be there. But if you have the opportunity, you go for it. I think you have to go for it. And and I'm, if, I'm and not if, saying that yeah, I would yeah, yeah, want yeah, yeah. the team to not go for it. That is not yeah. an option here. The option is but you're, that is what I'm you're simply saying. saying you, we're you we're be, just gonna start Shakona and just call it a day. You wouldn't be you wouldn't be <laughs> upset. You wouldn't be upset if we if we lost because you know that there are other things to look forward to for next season. Right now we have achieved enough to make me happy. If we lose in Seattle, I will not I will be a little bit bummed. I will secretly be very happy because I think that it makes us a better team next year, and I would rather it, win and, the and, cup. And there, and there, and there is something to that where it gives us it get it gives us those experiences. Look at what we had the experience in the Open Cup final last mm-hmm. year. We know what that's like. We've we were in the semifinal for MLS's MLS's uh, uh, not COVID um, whatever yeah. tournament, and so it's like building those experiences as a group is going to be huge. Okay. I I would rather get knocked out by Seattle than losing the cup. 100 percent All right. But, so Wes. But I still mm-hmm. think you go for it. Okay, so we win the open cup final mm-hmm. or we win the Western Conference final. I'd rather win the open cup final. I'd rather win the trophy. I don't I don't actually think that that is a question. Open cup, a trophy is better than a like, oh well, you won a conference final. The conference final is meaningless. I mean, you get a get a trophy when you win the Women's Conference. Yeah, but it's a, it's not a trophy I want to drink out of. That's that I would I would, I mean, I would drink out of it because would you would you eat out, out of it though? Yeah, maybe. What would you eat out of the Western Conference trophy? I'd probably I'd probably do the the cheese black curds, cheese curds, yeah, and then yeah. and then put and then put something in it afterwards and drink out. I would yeah. do, I will drink out of just about anything, guys. All I'm saying is. It's it's not crazy to say that fandom is about actually being part of it and and being able to cheer together with people. And I'm yeah. just saying we are in a better spot next year and going forward if we are in the spot now rather than winning MLS Cup. MLS Cup comes before. I think right now we are winning because we are on a fucking crazy lucky streak. We should not have survived a couple of these the first 15 minutes we were a bit very lucky. Thank God Dane St. Clair has made the deal with the devil, whatever. Like he was like, oh, here's a crossroads. Here's this guy who wants to offer me like, you'll never give up a goal. Wait, if- wait, wait. He got the guitar. Wait, yeah. Dane St. Clair is ghostwriter. There you go. Oh. Who is Canadian Satan? 
Oh, oh. Is it Brian Adams? Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, it has to be, right? Dane Sinclair made a deal with Brian Adams. Oh, Celine Dion? Or, oh, it's Celine Dion. Celine, Celine Dion, Dion, yeah. Or Alanis Morissette. Oh, it's Alanis Morissette. No, Alanis is too No, young. Alanis is. Uh, I know she's, she's God. She's God. She's God in Dogma. Yeah. Here's a funny Alan thing Rickman, about, about this whole thing is that Mark has stated exactly the way we all feel. We surpassed our expectations. Everything else is just cake. Yeah. That's it. And and who who does not want cake? I mean, I want cake, but I like, want cake. I, I, but what's some? Do I want cake? And do I want to get fat? I want to yeah. have cake when I'm ready and in good shape. <laughs> we're, look, we're all getting fat during this COVID time. We're yeah, all getting fat. It doesn't yeah. But but here but here's the thing: like do like there are so many question marks already about next season with Ozzy Alonso and Icapara. I don't think you're going to let any of our backline go. I don't think. Um, I think you're going to keep some of our mid midfield uh, depth. Um, yeah, I think there's a question about um, an Ethan Finley. Maybe um, I don't think you're going to. I think you're going to hand. Is out. Uh, yeah, Edwards is it's gone. Um, I think you're going to. I think you're going to give Kevin Molino everything he absolutely wants as long as Reynoso is still here, which he will be. Robin Lud. Yeah, maybe we'll see. But I think you're going to spend some money up there, and it might change our tactics in terms of getting a striker. But you know, it, I think a lot of it is going to hinge on what happens with Icopara and Ozzy Alonso in the off season. And yeah, I've, I've yeah said no, I don't even think, and it's not even like what happens with uh, Ozzy Alonso. It's what happens with Minnesota's ability to find a replacement for Ozzy Alonso in the off season, because this is the last year. We cannot expect Ozzy Alonso to go through another 30 some match season. The Robocop at, man. They'll rebuild them in the offseason. It's, it's just not uh, feasible. And so, like, this is the last year we have of Ozzy. And he's been injured for a good portion of it, but he's come back in the playoffs when we've needed the most. And this is the end of the Ozzy era for us. At least I've, it should be. I've said my piece. I, I, I just want to put it out there. And you guys can fucking skewer me fucking in idiot. DMs. Yeah, thank you guys. Yes, that's what I'm saying. I love you so much. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll do some Twitter questions. We'll also uh, talk a little bit about Seattle. It's the 55 One Podcast. Let's talk a bit about Seattle. Um, uh, they are one of the best teams in the league. They're coached by assistant pastor Brian Schmetzer, who's one of the best coaches in the league. Um, they have uh, Jordan Morris. They've got uh, Rui, Rui Diaz, Golden Boot Watch. And they've got, uh, who's the other? Oh, uh, Ladero, Nico Ladero. They're a good team. They've got uh, lots of things going on. They got some them. brothers, too. Um, yeah, the fucking the softies, Mr. Softy, Christian Roldan, um, who I d- will never understand. I guess if he played for my team, I would love him, but fuck that dude. It, like he he always looks like he's trying to do Hugh Jackman's Wolverine hair. Yeah. Um, out of all the stepdads that we picked a couple of hundreds of episodes ago, Corey's the only one that has a stepdad still playing in this. That's in true, this, and he actually looks like your stepdad too. Yeah, he he. I don't know if he and my mom would would not even necessarily grossed out thinking about it. I just I think he he would probably have the same opinions that as I would. 
Wait, please elaborate. <laughs> please don't. <laughs> this, this is Patreon nope. content now nope. that we're going to cut out. <laughs> We've gone to 55 1 after dark. <laughs> Corey, no, let's talk about I don't, I, I don't think you would be my step. I don't think you would be my step. All right. I'm, I'm just going gonna, gonna to take a beat here and then I'm going to move on. So, Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to play them on Monday. Uh, Blackheart, I'm going to be open for to-go from 6 to 8, so please come by. Um, if you want Bud Light, we're selling it for like a dollar a bottle because we just want to get that shit out the door. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we're open, and uh, I'll be there. And, uh, um, you know, and then I'm going to watch the game on the big screen at the bar. You got any premium? I've got premium. Yeah, dude. Ooh. Actually, it's, it's super cheap. I think it's like... You have hams. No, I don't have hams, dickhead. I mean, well, you got to. If we clean you out of premium, will you get hams? We, you can't clean me out of premium because I have to have premium on for Charlie, who's who many people have met. He's he's like um, the handyman bar back. He's always at the bar, um, and uh, he drinks premium and like uh, he drinks it all. All the like he's there, so it's it's there for him. So we have to keep it stocked, um, or else he doesn't. He can't move. It's like his. It's in his blood. Um, so, uh, Seattle is, are we, we're not favorites here, obviously. Um, we are underdogs, but I was explaining this to a, to a friend of mine who asked me about it, who, who watches the team a little bit. And I, I said, I think that Seattle are 65% favorites. I don't know how to do betting stuff. So I, I like 65% of the time they should win. We have a 35% chance of winning. That's my Nate Silvering because it's as scientific as whatever the fuck Nate Silver does. Is that do you do you agree with that? I think you're right. I th- I, I think you're right. I, I think it's it's definitely not 50-50. I think it's a wider gap than SKC. Um but I don't think it's um I think we have a pretty good chance to to have a little bit of an upset here. If we win, it's definitely an upset. Um I I think we could hold our own against them. It depends on what on which version of of Seattle comes out. I mean, they they're they're champs and um they're really uh they're a team full of a lot of experienced veterans who know how to um get a result. So but but that being said, I I would I wouldn't um necessarily bet against us, but I I think it's um yeah, yeah, 65, 65. I think that sound that feels about right. I don't think it's like a 75, 25, a three to one odds kind of thing, but um no, two to think, one odds. I don't know. And I think it comes down to uh our ability again, like how we how we focused on the first 15 minutes of this match is our ability to withstand the pressure because Seattle are actually very much they're like Kansas city on steroids and that they're attacking is amazing and they can attack if we can withstand that their center backs are garbage similar to like a sporting kc so if we can withstand the a step the, above uh, sporting kc i mean I think, right but, yeah. i mean they're they're not they're not flaming garbage they're just garbage <laughs> the, the, the flames have been put out yeah i mean the flames are down Putrid they're just kind of smol- they're smoldering garbage if you will Smoldering no. damp garbage. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 because it Let's rains be a lot there, so Seattle. just it never really gets really yeah. into flaming because yeah. it rains so much. But um, but no, like I think if we can again, if we can withstand the pressure and be do the counter and kind of get into that groove again, either the mat if our defense holds, we could 
possibly, you know, maybe give up a goal. But this could easily be like a 4-3 match as well. Just like both teams just going back and forth with goals. If if we're not able to withstand the pressure and they're not with, able to stand our pressure, I think it, this could just tr- turn into like a goal extravaganza type of I game as well. I want to go back quickly to, speaking of goals, uh, go back quickly to Dane and um, and ask the question, what deal do you think he made with Celine Dion? Like what did he have to give up? Do, do you think he, he will always have to have curly frosted tips? Frosted tips yeah. oh, he's, he's always going to have Wait, to be isn't like Justin early 2000s Justin Timberlake. Uh, Canadian? No. No, no. he's not. Oh, okay. But although, wouldn't you love to see Dane St. Clair with the frosted tip curlies in a full denim on denim, like tuxedo, like, you know, like oh, what yeah. Justin yeah, Timberlake Canadian. did back with that hair. When he was dating Britney. When yeah. he was dating Britney. Like, yeah. oh, have him. Even if it's just a Halloween costume come time, just do that, Dane. Like, that is just right to my veins. I need that content. Christopher at Otter Von Loon says, so how many Sounders will Ozzy have to shiv for the Loons to have a chance? Tell me all the options. Well, that's a real tactical question. And then um, how would you take a Miguel Ibarra uh, scoring a winner here? Miguel has not really been seeing the pitch. Unfortunately, you know how much I love no. Miguel, but he just has not been. Very I mean, I don't think him. he's even played since the first week of October. I don't know, but it's been a while. Yeah, I don't know. Um, uh, and uh, so anyway, let's ask that first. How many is he going to shiv? I mean, I would shiv Roldan. No matter, I, would, I, I, I was going to say, oh, how, long is it, how long is it before before Ozzy Alonso at least headbutts rolled on before he gets some tough. No, no, no. Ozzy does, Ozzy does not. He's subtle. Butt. He's Ozzie subtle. Is, yeah. Ozzy is a, a proper dark And then he, he, he hands the shiv off to Chase in a, in a, in a torn jersey and then Chase gets the, uh, yeah, Chase gets the, yeah, Chase is not but fully Honestly, created. like, if, and that's one thing, in the last game, every time that Ozzy went down, like, with a tackle, I was like, Little bit of like, oh dear God, please no. And he got up every time, which is great. But like him and Ladero going head to head on Monday is going to be a thing of beauty to watch. It's going to be awesome. And I, that's what I'm most excited about is seeing those two just go and just beating each other. So like, I want your predictions because be- I think we beat Seattle and then lose to the New England Revolution and Bruce Arena in the final. That's that, like, I at Allianz Field. At Allianz Field. I, that to me is like the most logical solution. Like we beat the big team, then we fucking lose to the crappy team with Bruce Arena as head coach. Wait, wait. You just called a Carlos uh, jail team with Tejan and Gustavo Bo a, a crap team? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm not Charlie Davies. Um, yeah. So who? What, what, are you, what, what are your predictions? Uh, um, Mark, I'll go with you first. What, what, do, you, what do you predict? Are we going to win? Are we going to lose? Uh, I think we're going to win. It's again, it comes down to our defense. We we could easily win this three, nothing again, or we could win it four three in extra time. So I have no idea which way it's going to go, but I think we're going to win. Rodrigo. I, I think, you know, the dream thing would for us would be for me would be to do what Columbus did. So win two nothing in extra time. Okay. Corey. I think we'll win by one goal. I will. I'm going to say it's going to be like a two-one or a three-two situation. I don't think it's going to be quite as open as a four-three, um, 
but I say I think I think Minnesota's going to pull it out. All four of us are believing. We're 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 on this. Well, I mean, what, what else do we have why to not? lose? Honestly, I mean, like, yeah, past their expectations, everything else is cake. So yeah. why why not why not why not be extremely confident in the aspect of it? We're four. We're, we're, when you, off, you have nothing so. to lose, might as well just listen. We're four mediocre men with nothing to look forward to. So let's hey, like yeah. come we're on. We're three mediocre men. Yeah, Corey is the. Uh, yeah, I'm Corey's like, I'm, yeah, like yeah, Corey's pretty word. I'm the yeah, half, Corey's yeah. pretty successful. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's kind of all right. Um, okay, board. next. Let's start. We've got a lot of questions. Um, well, Chris Miller okay. says, do you, "Do you think uh, Heath will be better dressed than Brian?" Yes. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, Brian, he wears hands a down. suit. Yeah. He wears. He he, he was resembling. Uh, Lucci, in a sense, with the pico, pico, uh, and the and the, but and like, the scarf. But, I mean, let, let's like let's British not people knock love peacoats. Let's not knock Heath. It's what attire. you do when like, it's he, foggy. He, like, like he always wears the suits; they're fitted well. You have enough of the cuff coming out of the bottom. It's it's great, and, and, and you have the it, it's classic the embroidered on the chest. It's, yeah, it's, the, that's the, those suits look stupid those, good. So I, good. I, I really yeah, want yeah. one. Oh my but, god, no, um, I don't, but cool for you. Um but uh yeah he'll look can better. I get like a can I get a tweed one? Oh yeah with the Ooh, patches and one like that's, like that's Professor Gio, Giovanni Severisi look. So um yeah. but oh, keep yeah no, no Schmetzer Schmetzer looks like he is working at a rock club. It's it's fine. Chris Miller says like do we actually rock. have to give Adrian Heath props now? Yes. Yes he's doing great. Yeah. Um I I think uh, one important thing to note about, um, you know, I, I think in the previous podcast I, I uh, described myself as Heath out curious, but um, I think um, the thing about Heath is that he still sucks. He's still a dick, and he still has, like, not been a part of engaging the fans at all um, or, or being a part of, like, anything or doing interviews or anything. Um, and so I still don't like him. But like, I do think that it has always been about for me, and we've said this on the podcast. Every year I start fresh, right? I'm like, okay, I'm I'm gonna I get end the year and I'm angry. I want him fired, and then I start the year. And it's like, okay, he's our coach. Prove me wrong. And the thing about you know you know going back to that Calvo, like, oh, why does the media always trash us? Because you're fucking garbage, guys. You won one game, and you're like, why is everyone trashing on us? Um, is it's always been about like. Can you prove us wrong? Like just or just not even prove us wrong, but just like prove yourself. Like prove that you can win. And proving that you can win. Now we've gotten to uh as you mentioned, Corey, we've gotten to a final, a semifinal, and a semifinal in the last two tournaments we've been able to be a part of. That is success. Good for Adrian. I still don't understand lots of things about his play, and I'll criticize a lot of it, but um uh I, I think He's been successful, and I have a suspicion that maybe he would be a better technical director, and we oh, could bring totally. in a tact, uh, ta- more tactically minded head coach. Because I suspect that we have made some pretty freaking amazing signings. We have not had many busts recently. We've talked about this on this podcast a lot, but Debasi, Reynoso, Gregush, uh, Lud, etc., have been. Great. We have not always known how to use them, right? You know, we've talked about this on the podcast. I've talked about how I wanted Molino as a left winger for ages. Uh, Mark, you were on the lead to a right wing, etc. Um, but I think, um, yes, Adrian Heath, we are very glad 
when this team is good. And I, I think that's one thing about like that. I've always been frustrated about the team is like, we want to be happy. Like just make us fucking happy. And then don't like, like shit on people when you're actually good. Yeah, no, totally. And like, and they haven't been um, doing that this year. So, yeah. and like our current roster, like they're basically everybody that's on our current roster came in either right before the 2019 season or in the last, uh, you know, however, basically like the last four transfer windows, we've built our roster and they, and what Adrian Heath has been able to do on a budget too. Like we don't have the thing where we have like three multi-million dollar, like five, $6 million DP signings. Like we have one D, like solid big name DP. Yeah, we That's have two it. others who easily could be we, bought down next year. Yeah, exactly. And we have two guys that are like the TAM level DPs that were like, you just kind of have them before like bookkeeping purposes as DPs. And what they've been able to do with those signings has been extraordinary. Like very kudos to Adrian Heath as a technical director and Mark Watson, who mm-hmm. like, and Amos McGee, who, and know, Amos McGee too. Amos McGee, who like, I mean, he, and, he found that, yeah, yeah, he's doing all that. Like, but I mean, Mark Watson too, just his like ability, for, his ability the to of get tra- on an airplane multiple times in- and drive down and fly down and hear the word no and, and fly, fly back, back and then, and then fly. fly down again and hear no and then fly back and then do it. Just, Man, this guy takes rejection better. Like, if man, when I was in my twenties and dating, I could not do what Mark Watson does. Dude, the dude just amazing. loves free booze. He's oh. just like, I want to get on that airplane, and get some. He loves free those. Booze. He loves those Delta like yeah. Biscoff cookies. He just oh. loves them. Oh, or, or actually, Delta. With, <laughs> do you think he just there's, has there's a collection at home? Like, you go to Mark Watson's <laughs> house, and there's a huge, like a huge ass bowl. He like, actually asked like, one of the flight attendants for the basket yeah. that they have that they pass. He's like, "Can I? I trust me, I'm going to need this." Yeah, and it's, or they're and like, you go "Would you like cookies or peanuts?" He's like. May I please have one of both? And then he just keeps, he eats one and then keeps one. And like, I that's know, his whole thing every time he travels. I know that he's like a family man and he's got like a, a family at home. But like, what if you went to his house and you like realized that they were like uh Stepford Wives type thing where it's like they're robots and you open all the cupboards and it's just the Delta Biscoff cookies. <laughs> does, does, and then the refrigerator is... Keep the- Keep the uh, what is it? The jet orders or like the magazines that yeah. you can order stuff from it. Yeah, and it's every every table is just they, they discontinued with the, Sky Mall, with the de- de- but Mark Watson has a subscription to Sky Mall. Oh, his <laughs> living room is nothing but hammocks, hammocks, <laughs> and like the uh, the amazing like cat feeders that like are all automatic. Like he has like the water feeder, like everything. He's like the the automatic litter box. He's got the cat. He's got he's got like the plantar fasciitis stuff. <laughs> That oh, oh god, the man is it's a so psychopath. But, but but really, get, I mean, what this? But, but yes, we do. <laughs> but yes, we do have to give Adrian hot Adrian Heath props. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> right, that's how this all started, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah at the yeah, end. Yeah. Right. All right. Yeah. Sun Save Soccer says, if sad pre- Peter Vermees was a drug, how would you take it? Suppository. <laughs> Wow! Right. Wait, what? Okay, okay. Here we go. Um, after um, no, after having food, yeah, or yeah, whatever that order is. Yeah. Rob at Rabble Rouser, uh, Rabble Rouser, who has now moved to uh, Seattle area. Um, we miss you, Rob. Um, do you think this team has the resolve wherewithal to fight back if one of those early defensive breakdowns uh, happens? So let's say Seattle come out there and, and uh, Jordan Morris does that uh, uh, pigeon-toed uh, goal thing he does from the left and. Uh, if Ozzy's on the pitch, yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, I, I think here's here's a couple of things. I'm hoping Heath took at what um, Lucci and, and Dallas did the first half, which is to frustrate the crap out of and be extremely physical with 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 Seattle, right? Uh, one of the problems that Seattle had last time was their attacking three were too nice and didn't want to shoot the ball. They kept making that extra pass. Everyone kept making that extra pass. No one really wanted to shoot the ball. I don't know what that was, but if that's a Seattle that shows up, um, then then I think our chances improve. But I think it'll it all starts with the aspect of it. Like you you talk to Gregush, you have a conversation with Gregush, you get a you get an old cleat, you smack him in the head, and you cut him again, and you say, "Hey, remember that." Get angry again, and angry Gregush on the field, and tell everyone to defend in the aspect of it is is probably what. What you want to do for the first 15, 20 you minutes. like me when I'm angry. No, and also the beauty of semifinals is that no cards carry over. So therefore, Ozzy, Gregus, Chase, everybody. Unless, unless, just, unless it's a straight red, I think. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah so well, we don't want to go man down, but I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, Chase will do it, but yeah. let's. But, let's, but Chase, isn't um, even re- so, Chase isn't reckless to do a straight red, so, like. Uh, yeah, well, he is. But, I mean, uh, he's, two, he's, two, he'll, he'll accumulate two yellows. He's if, not going to do a straight red. If someone well, scuffs his boat shoes, he will he will take down. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, Chase just also has a cut, right? So he, they have to figure out if that how. Yeah, if yeah he, he needs stitches on his leg, right? Yeah, they, yeah, he he should be able to play, but um, yeah. Two questions about Reynoso from uh, Eric Silver Brenneman. Uh, how many La Liga teams are we going to have to fight off in the months ahead? And then Steve Lindley says, "Would you sell Reynoso this offseason for ten million? Um. The the basic question is, at some point, Reynoso, who's still, he's twenty five, right? So he's not young, but he's not old. Um, he's literally mid twenties. Um, what do we think about how long he gets held and and how that happens? Because, uh, you know, certainly someone might come sniffing this this winter and just be like, "Hey, we want him already." But would you sell him for I, ten million? I guess it's the I, first question. But I one, I don't, I don't think you would. If it was if it was actually ten million, I think you have to have a conversation, hundred um, percent. I don't think you would get an offer because I think where he still has a relatively small sample size. Um, he's got a half of a season um, in a pandemic without the regular fatigue of a full thirty-four match season, and without now, the normal competition as well. Correct. Like we've we've played the same two and a half teams, 19 times. I think if at the end of next season, he's still putting up the same amount of numbers, if he's got high, you know, thick double digits in assists and a couple of goals, I think you're going to have some, some, some people coming after him hundred percent. And I think you have to be willing to, to entertain that. I mean, we paid what five mil for him. I mean, I, we, we get we at least have, that. Uh, 80% of his rights or something. I don't think we have hundred yeah. percent. So, but, so if so, you sold him for 10 but, million, then, then you would only have 8 million. So it's, yeah. so but, like you, you, you got to sell him for 12, 13, but yeah, I think if, if the right offer comes along, yeah, I think you have to always be open to the discussion. And if it's right for both the player and the team, you do it, but I don't, I don't see it happening. And to your point, Wes, he's not old, but he is hitting his prime. He will be hitting his prime. In terms you know. of, yeah, you don't sell him now to a, right? Like Reggie Cannon went to a Bovista. 
with the yeah. assumption that he's going to be sold to a bigger club, right? Yeah. At this point now, you would be selling to not necessarily a man you, but like Amiron, a -table prem Amiron club. to New Newcastle, right? So yeah. we would be selling to that. You'd be I, looking at a Leeds. You'd be looking at like maybe a Valencia. You'd be looking at somebody who's upper mid-table, mid-table teams in any of the other major leagues. I, I would say I always think about what a player would told me about the team, which is you always have to think about what selling also signals to acquisitions, right? And this was my problem with Chacon, right? Where you always want to, um, same thing with Almiron. Almiron was a good signal so that you can recruit more South American talent because, hey, we just sold this guy on to Newcastle. If you want to get to Newcastle, come here, play with us. Minnesota United could say to their next acquisition, hey, come here. We just brought him in. We paid him a little bit. He was great. We moved him on. That's like something that you not. So there's other things other than, well, how much profit do you want to make so that you can right. buy some new players? I also think, too, it has to deal with, like, if you're willing to deal uh, Reynoso, then do you do you really want to keep Molino if we still have him, right? I mean. Yeah, but Mol a, Molino is like. 30 right now. Like he's not a 25 year old. Yeah, like he's, he's not, he's not going to go. Anymore, if Austin saying, came in this year and said, Hey, we want to make you a DP and pay you 1.3 million. Um, it's a, he, he's, he's in, he's going into an off season with, you know, as a free agent. And so I don't know if he's fully a free agent actually, but you know, there may, may be some things there where it may be hard to hold him. But I, I want to move on because there's a lot of questions here, but, um, um, Lucas asks, is the team that nobody wanted going to win another cup? Um, this is a song that I wish we would be able to be singing if we we're winning in these playoff games that we wish we'd be able to sing it. This was a song that no one knows the origin of who came up with. It was in the dark clouds days of at the Nessie when we were uh, going through that playoff run to win the first, um, to win the first trophy in, in 10 years ago now, 2011. Um, uh, and and someone came up with the song of the team that nobody wanted, the team that nobody wanted, et cetera. Um, and I wish we were able to sing that. Anyway, yeah, we're going to win the cup. I'm going to be sad about it. Uh, ben Talon says, uh, this is not a question. It's just a haiku. Uh, would you like to read it, Rodrigo? All right. I was actually impressed by this. So lofted balls flutter like autumn leaves into go thrice a gentleman um that last line just it, like i got chills like the way that you delivered thrice with just that like mm, that, that sauce at the beginning of that mfa baby mfa baby <laughs> it's all, all leads to this eric silver brenneman gets another uh spot on this get your own podcast eric when does heath apologize to bebelo for the falklands lore war even though he can't spell falklands yeah I was, what's up with that shit i don't know <laughs> you know, like, I, like i gave him shit personally because i was like dude it's like whatever i'm like he's never Heath is never gonna apologize so no I don't even and, think Babylo knows what the Falklands War is. So, Alex, oh, Hintz, no, wait, what? No, no, I'm what? Kidding. I'm kidding. Argentinian not know what the Falklands Wars are is, is like saying no one knows who Maradona is. Um, so, uh, Alex Hintz has a question about contract decisions and players that have been cut that Minnesota United should pick up. Alex, that is a great question. It is like a postseason question. Hit us up then, because uh, I think that that's really interesting. But I literally have not 
been able to look at other teams and, and who they're and, really and we haven't them. and we haven't seen what all the teams are doing yet so it's like we've seen most of them yeah but um but, but I'm, I'm trying to give us an excuse to not answer it oh, right yeah, now perfectly. yeah I, I already gave it i just don't want to um leo spot says uh where does one submit paperwork for Reynoso's sainthood? I'm saying the early paperwork to prepare him for sainthood, or must we wait? It's also clear that the Ibsen candle did its job well. Um, here's the deal. We won't have a, uh, a, a Death Loons, Hallow Eve, or whatever I've, I've decided to call it, um, this winter. Um, if the bar is in okay shape, we probably will still pay someone to make us a saint. Um, but I don't know... I've not decided how the sainthood happens. There should be a committee or something like that. Or, um, uh, I, I was going to often use it, uh, to do sometimes a more recent person, sometimes a, uh, a historical person, you know, in, in the case of Buzz Lagos. Um, but if we win the cup, I'm pretty sure we have to saint someone this year, right? From the team. Oh, it's gotta be Dan Sinclair, right? Yeah. His name already says it. But can you would, can you honestly have let's, the cup if it was it wasn't for Reynoso? Can you uh, yeah exactly? Can you can we do an Ozzy? I feel like Ozzy would be the better one if we won the cup. Like Reynoso is Oz, my Ozzy fucking just might be Lord and Savior. Ibsen Ibsen is now the John the Baptist for Reynoso. He just like, oh, oh my god! <laughs> like Wait, Ibsen so came is, down like he's his stigmata has just got us to the cup. Like it's. Dude, fucking milk. He just like ate uh, locusts and and honey in the wilderness. Like he's that, just serving like, up loaves and fishes all freaking day. Yeah, Look. loaves and fishes and Molino finishes it off. But okay, so what is Saint Clair then? Saint Clair can be sainted at some point in the future. But I'm saying we have to have a serious talk, and I don't know how to do this. Someone can help me do it. Uh, uh, figure out who gets to the establish committee. this vote. This committee. How about Amos McGee. Um. You know, I, Amos will eventually get his, but if we win the cup this year, we will have to, I think, have to saint someone from this team. Um, uh, so anyway, I, I don't, I don't know the answer to that, but um, Reynoso is, is definitely the Cardinals are talking about Reynoso. Um, let's see, uh, Lucas again says, uh, um, I've always been surprised that Heath hasn't targeted an English Championship level player like Johnny Russell for transfer, a physical player like that who fits his style. There's been a few of those guys in the league over the years um, who have that kind of – they've got qualities on the ball. They're technical, but they're also a little bit brawny. Um, it doesn't seem to me Heath's style, though, even though he's English. I don't – And I don't – and, and, and I don't – I haven't seen anything that, that, that leads us to believe otherwise that – stylistically or technically, whether or not that's that's the right kind of player, but – we seem to. I don't. Does he? Does he not have the connections to leverage those relationships? I have no idea what our recruitment and scouting relationship is with any, um, you know, championship or or you know, League One. Um, the only place I see that really would working would be if uh, bringing in a number six. Like that seems like a number six seems to fit that role perfectly. If we could identify someone from the championship to do that. Um, Eric, Eric, uh, Aaron Jorich, 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 sorry. Um, not necessarily playoffs related, but who would be Minnesota United's Schlegel? Meaning who's stepping into goal if uh, Dane St. Clair gets sent off in the shootout? It's a great question. Um, 
who who would you throw in there? Hmm. Who's got that like just craziness that they can jump? Oh, I'd say Ethan Finley. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. He's I was either gonna old. say Ozzy or Boxel, either one of those two. No, Ozzy's uh, his knees won't, won't allow that. Yeah, uh, Boxel's too big and like because we just don't know what position he's actually gonna be great at. I think you throw Dotson in goal. Yeah, Dotson oh, that is, makes sense, was my yeah. thought because Dotson like can do any any goal or any position. Yeah. So. Is is your cat just showing you its butthole? No, it's just now it's behind the the camera. Okay. Or I mean, sure. thing is, like, what about yeah. if you put Chase in there? Because Chase may have learned through osmosis from being Dane Sinclair's college roommate. Yeah, that's true. Um, let's go to uh, David at. Uh, well, yeah. Am I the only one who uh, didn't already know about Reynoso getting shot in the knee when he was eighteen? Did this totally blow you guys away? Where like they brought this up in the broadcast and it was like, I was, wait, what the fuck are they talking? This is this is my jaw dropped. I was like, of all things, how did I not know wait, this? Ringo, you knew this. <laughs> Yeah, they talked about it when he was like when the translator like early on. It's it's uh, reporters ever talked about it. I think Andy Andy talked about it too in a report. Like he was shot. And, like it, it is. It I didn't. I wasn't surprised because I already knew. Like people knew about this. You were the. So. You were the. I feel like you were the only one. No, there yeah, was I, a, I, Bridget. Bridget knew. Uh, other people who were in the media aspect knew about this story. I think oh, but similarly, it, like unrelated to that. Um, oh God! Who is the guy? Who, not Stu. Who the other guy who does the commentary during John? The, uh, John Strong. Right. Yeah. His commentary about like going through the history of Minnesota soccer with the Thunder and going through all that because like the second half of the Kansas City game, there wasn't much to talk about as far as what was going on in the field, and his ability to go through like the history of Minnesota United just kind of laid all out and like with the Thunder yeah, he, and blah blah blah. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, it was he, beautiful he, he and lovely to, to listen with, to. Um, Portland Timbers in the lower division. That's that's where he so he knows that stuff really well. Oh, so like yeah, it was yeah, like, yeah. yeah. John Strong is a, is 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 good people. Um, all right, the, we've got Bebelo's story with his with his um, with the bullet thing also resembles a little bit of Carlos Tevez' uh, story with his face. So because yeah. you get that burn mark, you know, yeah, they yeah. both came, they both went through Boca Juniors in the aspect of the play. They both played a ten role in a sense. Like it's yeah. it, it's it's a similarity of the aspect of it. So. Um, Let's see. Uh, the, we'll finish on these. Um, Christian Fitchett says, when the third goal went in, when did each of you, what did each of you grab as celebration drink of choice? And then along with that, uh, Mistress of Shitposting uh, says, we're trying to figure out the perfect victory drink to have after every Loon's win suggestion. Uh, I don't have a suggestion yet because I haven't thought about it yet. But uh, during the goal I was drinking, I had a, um, a crowler from Bad Weather of their new uh, We Heavy, which is called Cold Weather. And it was it's fantastic. And it was great. And it's like about 8%. So it made me nice and warm. Um, I, When that set piece set, I pretty much called it. I said, all right, what we need is, is, is a goal from our center back on a set piece. And then it happened. And then so I had to chug uh, uh, Summit Saga. Mm. Uh, that was that was that was the bet and the aspect of it, and so I I was drinking uh, the last of my Summit Oktoberfest, uh, which is punches way above its weight in terms of. Uh, it's a really good Oktoberfest. It's a really good Oktoberfest. Might be and, and the answer to what you should what should you drink? Half a bottle of Pisco. That's always the answer. Yeah, That's my my irresponsible. My, no, my drinking uh, shot has been you know people who um, are at the bar with me when I watch uh, know. That I have this um, East German herbal liqueur called Aromatique uh, from Turingen, 
and uh, that's that's my uh, my my drink of choice lately. That and uh, I had a D- Dakota Soul um, from Summit. So three of us were drinking Summit. <laughs> What's your drink of choice? You're kind of like the guy who's like, what band should this do? Wow, there's this obscure band. It's hey man, it became my thing. We got it for uh, for the St. Pauli Old Fashioned, and I started drinking it on its own. And I was like, this is my shit. So we drink it. Um, the the St. Pauli fans, we all drink it at the beginning of the game, and then uh, I now drink it. Barrel proof bourbon, man. Just do it. That's the Whatever. best way to celebrate. Yeah. You know what? That's cool. It's hip. Um, <laughs> all right. Ladies and gentlemen, we're floating in space, and uh, it has been a long podcast. Oh. You only have two days to listen to this before Seattle. Um, we Is that all the tra- questions? No, I'm, I'm skipping. I'm going to the end. Uh, okay. We're done. Um, there's a million. <laughs> sorry. Thanks, everyone, for giving me the questions. It was a fantastic win. I'm sorry that I could not watch it with you guys. Um all of you on this call, but also all of you at home. Um, thanks everyone for, for, uh, supporting us, um, for supporting this podcast and listening. And I, I hope to see you soon. Stop by and uh, pick up some, uh, some beer or wine on, on, uh, on Monday. Thanks. <laughs>